0: Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile Life, the podcast. This is episode 154 called Kira.
1: Hello everybody. This is Allie and Blair, the co-founders of Fertility Rally. And we are here to tell you a little bit about who we are, what we do, and how we can support you on your infertility journey. So we wanted to let you know
0: that Fertility Rally is the membership group that we created. It's the place we wish we had when we were in the thick of it. We offer support groups, we have private Facebook groups, we have tons of events, lots of videos, blog posts, so much content, we're starting to do IRL events as well, and we want to be there for you no matter where you are on your journey.
1: Yeah, our favorite part. We had no idea where this would go when we started it, and our favorite part about it is watching all of our members, which is like 300 plus at this point, connect and create true lifelong friendships. We have members that are meeting up in real life, we have members that are supporting each other on Instagram, we have members that call each other best friends now, and honestly, like that is the most rewarding thing to see. We had no idea it would go here. And so we're just We're inviting you to join the Rally fam.
0: Yeah, it's such a great space. It's a safe space. We also have fun when we can. So we would love for you to be a part of it. Check us out on fertilityrally.com and on Instagram at fertilityrally. Hope to see you guys soon. Today's episode is presented by Belly. Belly offers modern prenatal vitamins optimized for fertility, prenatal, and post-pregnancy health. To learn more about how to optimize your fertility and pregnancy health, check out their vegan-friendly, dairy-free non-GMO vitamins for both men and women at bellybaby.com. That's spelled B-E-L-I-B-A-B-Y.com. The best part, if you use code Allie15, you'll get 15% off your first month of either Belly Women or Belly Men. Again, that's code Allie15, A-L-I-1-5 for 15% off. Thanks, Belly. All right, guys, so today we are talking to Kira Nevins, who is a fertility coach and an IVF mama, and you might know her on Instagram as The Fertility Mama, and Kira's dream was to have four kids, but as so many of you know who listen to these stories, it doesn't always turn out as planned, right? So today she's going to tell us all about her fertility journey, which includes IVF, unexplained infertility being raised Irish Catholic and how that affected the treatment plan that she had in mind and how she felt as she was going through all of it, and so much more. So I don't want to tell you what happened with Kira or where she is now, but I will say that this is a great story and I thank you all for listening. And without further ado, this is Kira's Infertility Story.
1: Kira, thank you for doing this. It's good to talk to you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. Absolutely. So I usually ask
0: people if they always wanted to be a mom, but you sent me an email kind of recapping your story a little bit and said that you always want to have four kids. So I already know the answer to that one. So tell me about that. Four kids. I can tell you
1: about that. Yes, absolutely. So I am actually one of four myself. And Mm -hmm. so my siblings and I are all about a year apart. Um and we moved over from Ireland when I was 5, so all of our extended family is back in Ireland. So mm-hmm. I think that just made us even closer because it was just really the six of us. Mm-hmm. So I just really always was so close with my family and really just wanted to emulate that when I started my own family. And I remember even like daydreaming with my best friend when we were on Block Island at 15 and like <laughs> wanting and talking about having four kids and our husbands being best friends and being neighbors. So it's just kind of something that I really have always wanted, but yeah. That are you guys said, still too, best friends? We are best friends still. Oh my yes. god, cool! I know we've been best friends since I was like probably seven years old. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. <laughs> that is very cool. I always wanted to be a mom, but I did also to like have career goals and went to school for fashion merchandising and wanted to be a buyer because I did meet my husband young. So I did want to like, achieve those goals before starting my family. How did you guys meet? We actually are from the same town growing up, but we didn't start dating till I was 19 and he was 21. So he was actually in my sister's grade in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just started dating in one of the summers between colleges.
0: Okay. So in Ireland or same town that you grew up in, in the States?
1: Oh, yeah. No, no, no. In um, in the States, in Massachusetts. Oh, I was going to say, that's so, like, what a coincidence that you like, met know, some guy I in know. Massachusetts. So I moved over. Yeah. <laughs> so I moved over when I was five from Ireland. So I've been here forever. <laughs> gotcha.
0: Okay. So yeah. flashing forward a bunch, what happened when you guys started? Did you tell him your dream to have four kids? And what happened when you guys started to try to have a family?
1: I did tell him my dream about four kids. And then he was one of two. And I feel like most of the time we kind of end up wanting what we, you know, grew up with. And so sometimes, you know, he would be like, how about three? But I definitely had always shared that goal of four. And so when we started, so we got married, I was pretty young. I was 25 and he was 27 because at that point we had been together for six years. Mm -hmm. And so I actually went off birth control when I first got married. And it wasn't because I was ready to try, but I just, for some reason, like I had no reason to feel this way, but I always worried that it would be hard to have kids and I wanted to get my body off of birth control. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And so I, I had no reason again, like my, my mom had four, all four of us like a year apart, but I just had this like inkling in the back of my mind. So, so I did go off birth control when we first got married, but we started trying when I was 27 and he was 29 and you know of course at the beginning it's super fun <laughs> right and carefree and you know i still was kind of worried cuz we had been 2 years off of birth control but i was like you know i just was hopeful and i remember we had actually gone back to ireland for i had a family reunion and it was like right when we we're deciding to start trying. And I remember just thinking how romantic it would be if it happened there. And, you know, so, and then that obviously didn't happen. And then I'd say six months after that is when I, um, started to like really track my cycles and try try the ovulation kits. Mm -hmm. But I found those to be so frustrating for me. Um, Mm -hmm. they never really worked. And I would either have like an early smiley face or, a. A smiley face that kept flashing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would get so frustrated. What was happening? Were you just weren't getting pregnant? You didn't have any losses,
0: right? Like you just weren't getting pregnant?
1: Yes. No, I I never experienced a miscarriage. Um, I just wasn't getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. But at that time, too, my sisters were also trying to have um children and my sister, one of my sisters had her first child with no problem. And then she experienced secondary infertility.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, which I know that was part of your story as well. Yeah. And can yeah. be so hard for people because, and it's just crazy. Even now, as I work with other women as a fertility coach, just the comments that other people will say are are so insensitive and like yes. still shock me. It's, it's wild. So
0: I run this support group called Fertility Rally with Blair Nelson of fab IVF mama. And, you know, people in our group are, there's a handful going through secondary infertility. And even now, some of them are like, I'm not sure if I fit in here. Like I feel guilty. You know, there's such a weird social pressure slash guilt thing that happens with secondary where, you know, it's like, people are like, but you already have one kid. Like, why are you? Yes, exactly. you know, exactly. you've and got what we don't want. So you're not the, in the same club. Like it's just, I think it's bullshit, all of it. it and it, you know, everybody belongs here, if they're going through some sort of struggle, but yeah, I think we need to, as women be a little easier on each other and on ourselves.
1: Yes, exactly. And as we get into my um, story a little more, it's pretty multifaceted because I, we did IVF for our twin girls. And then I had a surprise pregnancy, which I never could have imagined having. And then Mm -hmm. I experienced my own secondary infertility where when we were trying for our fourth, you know, it ended up being the resolve of, of actually not having a fourth child and pursuing this career to help other women, which is now my passion, so passionate about it. But, but yeah, let's unpack
0: that. So what, (laughs) tell me more about when you guys started going through treatment.
1: So, okay. So yeah. So like I mentioned, my sister was going through secondary infertility and then one of my, my other sister had experienced two miscarriages. So Mm. it was starting to, you know, be around me and we were starting, it was about a year and a half that we were trying, but then already three and a half years off birth control. So then we decided to go see the fertility doctor that my sisters were seeing. So that was kind of nice in the sense that we didn't have to do much research and we had the doctor. So We went to the doctor and um, she diagnosed us with unexplained infertility. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you know, we were still hopeful that we could be parents and that it would work. And we started off with Clomid. So Mm -hmm. because of our age and diagnosis, we tried that for as long as they would let us before. I think there's like a limit on how long you can take it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I remember it's just funny when you look back all these you know steps that we take. I remember just how stressed out and worried we were that we would have twins because with clomid they increase they increase your chance, and it right. just shows you how much your perspective changes as you keep going on your journey. But yeah, um, as it goes on, you're like, we should be so lucky. Like, yes, we, exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. It changes so much, and you never you know anticipate yourself in these situations. So, but so we tried clomid, and then that didn't work, and then. We were told to try IUI based on our our age and our diagnosis. So we did four rounds of IUI. And I just remember like the perspective that gave me on just, you know, other people in general and just being so empathetic and, you know, how important it is that you don't know what other people are going through. Because I just remember going into work right after a procedure and just talking to one of my colleagues and just, they had no idea. And, you know, it just feels so like, just it just gives you that perspective on, on on what other people are going through and how we just don't know, you know? Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> um, and so then unfortunately that didn't work. And so then we found ourselves at a crossroads and started to discuss um, IVF. And it was just such a hard decision for me to, ma- to make because, you know, I was raised Irish, cash- Irish Catholic. And although I didn't share all the beliefs, it was just like, in the back of my mind that it felt like it was wrong. And I just like feared other people's judgment. And Mm -hmm. I just felt so ashamed and embarrassed. And it was just so hard for me to wrap my mind around being in that situation. I just never imagined us there, you know? And at the time, my husband and I were super connected on this and we would, we would wake up early and go for an hour walk before work. And we would just talk and, at that time i would like look for any signs and dandelions to me, me meant so much and i would always look for a dandelion and make a wish and they Aww. still to me like symbolize hope and growth and they're actually the brand logo for my company now <laughs> oh cool but um, yeah they just you know it's funny how these signs and these oh, memories 100%. Stick with that song, i right? cling to so many
0: that i was always looking for signs and asking the universe like send me something send me a sign or show me yeah. a you know a lot of people know my story i had here comes the sun was the song I kept hearing all throughout going through this, trying to have yeah. sunny and like that song would come on in like the doctor's waiting room or an elevator or in the grocery store. And it was always like, I felt like the universe was like, all right, keep going, keep going. Oh,
1: I love that. I know yeah. we need those internal signs to keep us totally. going. For- um, right. And so on one of these walks, like as we were discussing IVF, um, my husband explained it to me like, you know, if if I were to get cancer or, you know, a horrible disease or sickness that I would use all the medical advances I could, you know, get to help me through that. And it just kind of switched my perspective and I was able to, you know, change my mind and I was on board. And so yeah. once we find that decision you know, then I was super excited. I was like, Oh my gosh, this has to work. Like we're doing IVF, like this is crazy, you know? Right. And we were told our, our chances were really high. So when we went into it, we were really hopeful. And, um, you know, I thought, I definitely thought it was just going to work right away. And so we did the egg retrieval. And I remember during the egg retrieval after they came over to us and they said they had to do emergency ICSI, which, I had no idea what it was. Our doctor never prepped us for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's actually when they inject the sperm into the eggs because they aren't fertilizing on their own. Mm -hmm. And I just remember in that moment, like after going through the egg egg retrieval, just feeling so defeated, like, oh my gosh, what else is going to work against us right now? Mm -hmm. And, you know, luckily the ICSI did work. And we had, um, I think I had 19 eggs and then 12 that, fertilized. And then we had three healthy embryos in the end. Wow. So I so, just want to
0: pause for one second. And one yeah. thing in the email that you said that you kind of alluded to just now was, you know, you said throughout my journey, I lied about doing IVF and hid all of my fertility treatments from family, friends, and coworkers because yes. of shame and unconscious beliefs of what family building should look like. So tell me a little bit more about that. Cause I think that's such an interesting perspective. And I think that some people listening probably are grappling with that as well, you know, not, not wanting to tell people because there is a shame involved or a stigma, or also sometimes you just don't want to fucking talk about it. Like it's just like
1: too exhausting. (laughs) I think it's such a personal choice and I think there is no right or wrong. And I think that, you know, if I think it, you know, choosing to keep it a secret is, is definitely obviously a personal decision. And for us, we only told a handful of people that we were going through it but then i think what was what i what was kind of having whole having me hold on to the shame was that i lied about it after and i mm-hmm. feel like i wasn't being you know open and i wasn't being like stepping into my truth and owning my story and that's why i'm so passionate about that part of it now and so mm-hmm. but i didn't know anyone that had done ivf i remember at the time you know, Googling for any celebrity story I could hold on to and just mm-hmm. like felt so isolated and alone. And right, because when was this? How many years ago? So this was my girls are six now. So this yeah. was about seven years ago. Yeah.
0: This is when I was going through it. I
1: wish I knew oh, you then because Sonny no just way. turned six. Yeah. I know. Um, and it's like, I've opened up and stepped into this world now. Like, it's just like the support and I love what you're doing with Fertility Rally and you. just you know, all the different um, support groups that are available out there with resolve.org mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, Fertility Out Loud, like all of these different things and and Instagram accounts that are supporting women now. And, right. you know, that's definitely what has led me to where I am now. But yes, I would, I did hide it from, from family and friends and coworkers. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was so stressful at work trying to like plan out the consultations and the appointments because obviously I was like, coming up with any excuse that I could. And it was like so stressful. And I remember being so excited when I thought of like a financial advisor appointment because it was different than the dentist and the doctor.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) You're like, what kind of services can I invoke here and lie about? Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: So when did you come clean? Like, was there a point (laughs) where you were like, okay, this is exhausting to lie about this?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I had twins that ran in my family. So, you know, I convinced myself I wasn't lying, all those things. And then when we had my son... He's a year and a week apart from my twin girls. Okay, wait, let's talk about having the twins real quick. I don't want to brush over that too quickly. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You had them through IVF. So the twins, yes, through IVF. And so what made me change my what made me tell my story and be open was really as I stepped into motherhood, I really wanted to be the kind of person that, you know, stood behind my decisions with convictions. Like I never wanted my kids to think that I was ashamed of them Mm because I wasn't. Best decision I ever made, and I would never ever change it. And I also then met a neighbor down the street um, that had gone through IVF, and she was so open about it. And again, it just goes back to that sense of community and and not being so alone. And I felt like it was so nice to meet someone else that had gone through it that it kind of gave me the confidence to be open about it. Mm -hmm. And then I shared my story. And once I shared it, I like couldn't stop and I told everybody. Right. Um and it felt amazing you know it was like holding on to this lie and I felt it was it by holding on to it I was still holding on to that shame and embarrassment when I didn't need to and and so it felt amazing. Right. So
0: did the girls come from that first round that we were just talking about where you had the three embryos?
1: Oh right so they so the first IVF did not work and so okay. that was devastating. I remember getting that call and at that time I didn't test early and I was just really putting like all of my faith in the medical world. And I just was, you know, very hopeful at the time. And we got the call and they said it didn't work. And we were just, again, devastated. Like we just mm-hmm. were like, maybe this is not going to happen for us. And yeah, that was when, so then the next time around, I was like, you know what, screw this. I'm listening to myself. I'm putting two embryos in. Like, I can't go through this again. And, you know, self-advocacy stepped in and we did two embryos and they okay. both took is our beautiful twins. <laughs> wow. So tell me about getting that call
0: that you were in fact pregnant and then finding out that it was two.
1: Oh my gosh. We were ugh, like, I actually will never forget that day because it was one of my girlfriend's bachelorette party days. And I tested early for this one and I tested that morning and it was positive. I remember calling my sisters and my mom and having them on three-way. And I was like, I just, I couldn't believe it. Like I was like, I showed them on the FaceTime. I was like, is, is this two two lines? And they're like, absolutely. And Dave and I just kept convincing ourselves, well, maybe it's it's faded. And and you know, it was so hard for us to believe it. And mm-hmm. we and then going into the ultrasound, I had a dream the night before that it was twins. So I was so hopeful. And at that point, you know, it's funny again, like we we say how our, our perspectives change. But, um, we, you know, we were petrified a year and a half before to think we would have twins. And then we were ecstatic to, and hopeful that it would be twins. So, yeah. So then on the ultrasound, they, they, um, showed us that it was, it was twins and we were Mm -hmm. so excited.
0: Oh, such a great feeling. How was the pregnancy and everything and delivery?
1: (laughs) The pregnancy was good. I, um, went to full term for 37 weeks and I felt great the birth story was a little bit different. It was a little scary. Um, I had to go in for an emergency C-section. It was only the day before, but it just, my doctor had been away on vacation and I had developed preeclampsia. So mm. I had to go in and we did a C-section. And then during the C-section, I actually started to lose a lot of blood. My poor husband, he looked down and the blood was coming down off the table <laughs> and coming oh like God. over our camera.
0: Scary. <laughs> and
1: like, yeah, it's so crazy. It's such an out-of-body because you're awake during the procedure, but you can't move, obviously. And then they're, they're like, oh, get dad out of here, get dad out of here. So my husband had to leave. And then, um, you know, the anesthesiologist is was so calming and great. And he was like, you know, they're, they're, you're losing a lot of blood. So, um, you know, they may have to do a hysterectomy, like just so calmly. And I'm like, okay, you know. Yeah, I'm, no big deal. Yeah, right. No big deal. Um, and. So then luckily they were able to stop the bleeding with a balloon. Um, but I had lost so much blood and I was just so out of it. Those, those couple of days in the hospital and they didn't give me a blood transfusion until two days later. So Mm -hmm. once I got that, I felt like incredible. Um, Mm -hmm. but we were so blessed. The girls were super healthy. Um, Ailish was born first and, she was five pounds, three ounces. Um, and she was given to us right away. And then Aveline was six pounds, eight ounces and healthy, but she had to go to the NICU um, just for one night um, mm-hmm. for her breathing. And that was it. So we were super, wow. super Wow.
0: That's yeah. so great for
1: yeah. twins and
0: beautiful names too.
1: Oh, thank you. Yes.
0: So <laughs> yeah. So then you, you already said you had son about a year later. So what happened with,
1: with him? Oh my gosh. Yes. So I had developed an umbilical hernia from the twins from carrying the twins. So I was actually going in to repair the hernia and I had had a routine, um, physical appointment two days before, and they knew I was going in for the surgery. So my doctor just did a pregnancy test, like a routine one. And, you know, Dave and I, like, there was no way I thought I was pregnant at all. And she calls me the morning of my mom's on her way, you know, to take care of the twins. And so Dave could take me in for surgery. And she was like, well, I have some news. You're pregnant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was just like a I was so surprised. And the twins at the time, they were only four. So they were only four months old. Um, oh my God. They're, yeah. They're one, they're one week or they might've been six months, six months old when we found out because they're one year and one week. They almost make the Irish triplet mark. (laughs) Oh (laughs) wow. All right. Yeah. And I was four months pregnant and and didn't know. And I just thought, you know, my belly was bigger from the umbilical hernia and the twins. And and you know, of course, after you have a baby, your your kind of your body is is changed is different. And so I was just like, I called my mom. We had to cancel the appointment and you know it was just crazy news. (laughs) That is wild. (laughs)
0: so happy, and what you know that it's after going through infertility and assisted reproductive technology, you know, to have a a spontaneous pregnancy. You know, I have talked to a, probably a handful of women, not a ton, that that's happened yeah. to. But what does that feel like? Um, and do you have that anxiety that like it, a lot of people, you know, pregnancy after loss have?
1: I I didn't. Um, I was just like we we were so shocked and so proud, really, of our bodies. We were just like. So taken aback. And I, I remember our doctors, our doctor warned us, like, what are you make sure you use birth control? And Dean and I are like, Are you kidding? Like, does she know what we've gone through? You know, like you're mm. we like, that's not us. And yeah, I know. And I can't believe now that we are one of those stories. But I, I feel so, so blessed and lucky that that it happened that way.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you've got your three, but we know that you wanted four, Kira. Yeah. <laughs> so well, tell me what happened next.
1: There, there that guilt comes in. And and it's true where you do feel. Like guilty for wanting more when you're so blessed, you know, to have to have your your kids that you have now. Um, but you know, it was it was a belief that I had since I was just a little girl, and it was I definitely had to go through my own self healing journey to understand why I was holding on to that so much. But so I, um, when the kids were around uh, three and two, I finally convinced you know I well I was working on convincing my husband for a fourth. And this journey, believe it or not, this was almost a harder journey for me, which I know I say that sensitively because I don't want, you know, people that, you know, are going through their own journeys to, to take that the wrong way. But it was just, I think it was because I wasn't empowered. I wasn't coming from a place of empowerment because I didn't have the support of my husband. Mm -hmm. You know, the first time we were really like connected. And those are some of my fondest memories of us having those walks in the morning together. Mm -hmm. And this time around, you know, we had a beautifully chaotic home with three kids under three at home and we were arguing all the time, you know, and he finally agreed after, after months of trying to convince him, but he was like, I'm not doing any, um, assisted reproductive, Mm -hmm. um, and it will have to be natural if it happens. So that was when Mm -hmm. I became, you know, kind of obsessive, about taking control of my fertility and I started to read, you know, there's a book called take control of your fertility. That mm-hmm. was, is wonderful and really teaches you all about your body. And I learned about like the fertility awareness method and the three, um, three fertility signs. And, and I, I read the book, it starts with an egg. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also, you know, knowledge is definitely power, but I think as my mom always said, everything in moderation and you can really only do your best. Mm-hmm. And I, I started to become just obsessive over it. And there's actually a term it's orthorexic. And I just kind of like, I, I, which means you're obsessive over only eating like healthy foods. Uh huh. Um, what is it called? After, orthorexic? Yeah. Orthorexia. So okay. I, I was kind of orthorexic and I just, you know, I was just obsessing over what I was putting in my body. Like it had yeah. to be organic, it had to be, I was vegan. And like, as I started learning about endocrine disruptors, which are chemicals that interfere with your hormones, yep. like, things like plastic or uh, like your house cleaning products and mm-hmm. your, your beauty products, all of that. And this was all new to me. You know, mm-hmm. I had never been exposed or learned about that before. And so I just became, you know, obsessive over that.
0: Right. And, and you wrote to me and said, you know, you started, you were constantly fighting with your husband, missing the joy in front yes. of you with your three kids. So tell me yes. a little bit more about that. Cause I can definitely relate on the husband tip and not being yes. on the same page, yes. which is really, really hard. And, yes. you know, I've said this before, but just in case anybody's, you know, this is the first episode they're listening to, you know, I think it's hard when you're going up against all these roadblocks with infertility. And then when you have a partner, who's also a roadblock, it's like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me right now? Like I was, so- Oh
1: my God, that's such a good way yes. of putting it. it was a damn roadblock.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause it's really, it's really hard. And you know, not that again, you know, I have to say like, not that he didn't necessarily want another kid, but it was like, after all we'd been through, you know, he was an only child. We had a beautiful, healthy daughter and he was like, I'm good. You know, yeah. like, I don't, and he didn't want to see me suffering anymore. I think was part of it too. So, yes, it's just, yes, it's, tr- it's so tricky. And when it, I hear people that are like on the same page always, and they're like, I'm like, that's so foreign to me because it was yeah, such a
1: struggle too. <laughs> too. I know it's so true, and it it truly is. And so, so yeah. So I was again like you, just, like I said, just kind of becoming obsessive. And as you a- asked the missing the joy in front of me with the kids. I just I was just kind of like starting to live life on autopilot and I was so fixated on this one goal of becoming pregnant naturally. And it was like just all I thought about. And it, it wasn't healthy. It wasn't good. And I wasn't really listening to myself. Like if I was able to take a step back and really evaluate my life. Like I said, I was struggling in my relationship. I my house was beautifully chaotic at home. I had, mm-hmm. you know, my hands were plenty full. I was working full time. So you know, it, it was, it was a lot. And I just wasn't listening to myself. And I remember during this time, I, one of my low points, you know, we have these in our journeys, but I had just got a new car, the Chevy Traverse. So it was a little bigger, but I think I had just gotten my period that morning and I was driving into CBS and I was just angry and frustrated and probably friggin' hungry. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, I hit a parked car okay. and I just was like, Oh my God, Kira, you know, I was pulling into the parking lot and I was just angry and not paying attention. And it just was one of those moments where I was like this, you've got to make a change. And so I, yeah, so I, that was the universe being like, slow down. (laughs) And so I called a fertility coach and I remember listening to myself on this call and even just that one step and hearing myself, I learned so much. And I was at the end of the call, I said, you know, can I play you with Venmo? So my husband doesn't know. Mm. (laughs) And that was just another sign where I was like, okay, this obviously is not right. And so luckily at the time, my husband got a new job. So I was able to actually make the paradigm shift and stay home with kids and leave my job. And at the time I was um, really into like self-help books and Bettering myself and and coaching and, and interested in that field, so I signed up for the Instu- Institute of Integrated Nutrition to get my whole health um, my coaching certificate. And just through that, I had such a, a growth period of working on myself and identifying my why I was so fixated on on a fourth baby because it was a belief I had since I was a child. And you know, letting go of that and just living in the present moment and enjoying what I had, you know, right in front of me. So yeah, and then into my passion for um, really helping other women on their journeys. Yeah,
0: I definitely want to talk about your coaching too. But before we do that, was there a specific moment when you decided to to kind of pivot and and not you know try anymore? I hate the term giving up. Yeah. I never want yeah, to say that. Yeah, no, I know
1: totally. But like no, um, you know, change course. I, I love course. the term like resolve or peace. Like yeah, for me it was. I actually remember it very well. I was on a run, and I was actually listening to Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth, and he had just said something along the lines of the, you know, what if there was no future and no past and there was only right now. And for some reason it just like really like resonated with me in that moment. And I was like, yeah, like what the hell are you doing here? Like you're missing out on the right now by not enjoying what you have. And, um, and then, you know, that along with all of the other, you know, self-healing things I was doing and the holistic tools, like meditation and breathing and journaling and all of that attention I was giving myself and, finally removing myself from just thinking about that end goal, it really kind of gave me that mindset shift and, and, um, helped me to like, really, you know, let go and and be in the, in the present moment.
0: Yeah. That's so important. I just got the chills, um, <laughs> but also, you know, we, I, again, I talk to a lot of women who are, you know, they've been through so much. And I think that, you know, you get on this, journey and you put the blinders on and you're like, this is the goal it's going to happen. And you do all the things. And at a certain point, I think sometimes it's hard to walk away from that. And I think giving yeah. people permission that it's okay, if you change your mind and yes. you know, it's not worth it for you to go through this anymore. Mental health is so important and relationships Absolutely. are so important. So, and, I and know you
1: don't have to compare so much, you know, like there's so much comparison, social comparison, and and other people's journeys as well. Um, you know, I, I remember just like counting everyone's kids and judging myself and just feeling that like pressure for some reason. Yeah, and you know, yeah, and and it is true that yes, everyone's journeys are totally unique and different, and definitely,
0: and comparison is the thief of joy. As we all know, it is. is. Yeah. Yes,
1: absolutely. So tell me about,
0: you know, transitioning into becoming a fertility coach and your Instagram is at the fertility mama, right? If people want to follow you.
1: Yes, Um, it is. But yeah, so I created my Instagram account just to kind of try and share some of my stories and hopefully give other people hope. And then my Coaching that I offer, um, my website is also uh the mm-hmm. And I do have some resources there as well, um, and some some support groups like your fertility rally. And yeah. so, but I do one-on-one coaching and um I really just try and truly like come from a place of empathy and support just from my own experience and really help people be their advocate, help them you know, focus on what it is for them that their goals are, fertility goals, as far as maybe it's their diet and coming from a place of empowerment there, um, their relationship, or just, you know, making that next best step for them. That's the right decision for them. And just, you know, also filling in that gap from the healthcare system and our well-intentioned family and friends, Mm -hmm. you know, we always, you know, sometimes as we were saying earlier people don't say the right things and just to have another a separate outlet because going through infertility i know it's like and even just family building it's such an intense you know journey and it it's all encompassing and it takes over all consuming and it takes over your life and so to have another outlet can be so um helpful so that's, I do one-on-one coaching for that. And then, um, on my website too, I have a self-care challenge that people can purchase and it just has, you know, different workbooks. As I was mentioning earlier, my own self-healing journey was helpful to journal and do and learn about meditation and practice gratitude. And it has, you know, relationship quizzes, personality tests, things like that. And then a journal for you to track your, your progress. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. So looking back on your journey and now that you're a coach and you've you know have a lot more knowledge in terms of all these different areas, what do you wish you had known? Like, if somebody's just kind of starting out or new to this community, what would you tell somebody?
1: Oh, I wish that I wish that I had reached out for help. Um, you know, seven years ago, like you mentioned, there it didn't feel like there was the community there is now. and I just felt so alone and isolated. Um, And now once I've immersed myself in this world and as, you know, more groups and things have developed, it's just so important to find your people and have that support and, Mm -hmm. you know, not feel like something's wrong with you. You're, you're not alone. And I think that would be probably the number one thing. All
0: right, friends. So thank you so much for listening as always. Definitely check out Kira and what she's doing at the Fertility Mama on Instagram. And if you are looking for support, you can always check out Fertility Rally, which is the community I co-founded. It is a place for support. We've got private Facebook groups. We've got support groups twice a week for both infertility and also pregnancy and motherhood after infertility. We've got tons of content on our website. We've got a huge Instagram community with posts every day. We have live events. We have virtual events. We've got all the things. So we are here for you no matter what you're going through. And I would love it if you would check us out. So check out our website, which is fertilityrally.com, or you can check us out on Instagram at fertilityrally. You can always DM us if you have any questions. And as always, thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys next time.